You're listening to the Community Call with host Murray Riley Jr. Hello, folks. This is the Community Call podcast. I'm your host, Murray Riley Jr. We're back for another rousing episode of the Community Call podcast. And I tell you what, it's an exciting time to come back to you and share and talk how we feel about today's inauguration of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I'm just excited to be here, everyone. We hope that you're doing fine wherever you are across America and across the world. And I tell you what, folks, what a great time that we're going to have here tonight here on the show. We hope that you're doing well wherever you are across America and across the world. There are some things that we want to share with you uh, as as we move forward tonight. Uh, one thing I will say is that there are some things that we wanted to make sure that you understood as we come back to you tonight to speak on some things. And I'll tell you what, folks, we had the opportunity to, to right the ship, so to speak. We have the opportunity now to get this thing on the way. And that's a good thing. Um, this is our chance to make a better America from here forward. Um, and that opportunity has come. Uh, now the time for us to do some things that we've been wanting to do for quite some time now. We have the opportunity for that. And I think this is a great chance for us to move the nation forward. Uh, one thing that I will say in, 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 in the midst of this great day that we're having, we still have the COVID-19 about us. And as always, we want to acknowledge the loss of the many lives of people who have lost their lives due to COVID-19. Our thoughts and prayers go out to all those families affected by everyone who um, has been affected by COVID-19. Um, we want to also give our thoughts and prayers to the lives lost during the insurrection incident that happened at the Capitol and the families who are going, going through a grieving moment. We want to acknowledge you as well here on the show tonight. Um, also, we want to um, thank our service members for protecting this great event today, 25,000 National Guard service men and women uh, at, at the Capitol Complex for this inauguration. We want to thank them for their service and what they did today. We also want to thank everybody involved in the situation there at the Capitol. And this inauguration seemingly went off without a hitch. Tonight is the is the public celebration. It's going to be online. Um, wouldn't we all love to have a a in person public celebration with with the first family and everybody on the lawn at in at the Capitol? But that's not to be due to the COVID nineteen. And so here we are uh, in uh, this manner where we have to come to you and share in this moment. Uh, one thing that I want to emphasize is that we have uh, continued to um, monitor every situation that is coming about. Um, one thing that is jumping out right away is all of those 
executive orders that the president is going to be signing later on today and into next into the rest of the week. Um, one thing I'm looking forward to is that we're moving back into the Paris Peace Accords. We're moving back into that, uh, which is something that I knew that we were going to do because Joe made that promise on the campaign trail that America would go back to the Paris Accords, which is great. We need we need to go back to that. That was a great thing for him to do. Also, we we're we're very glad that there are some other executive orders that the president is going to sign in relationship to people wearing masks on federal property. Now everybody's going to be required to wear a mask on federal property. You can no longer not have on a mask um, on federal property once this once this order goes into place. Into place. Uh, I'm looking forward for that to happen. Uh, as well, uh, one other thing that uh, that I think is is very significant to everyone is that we understand that things are not going to go um, very fast as we expect them to. I think we should be ready to. Also, we want to emphasize that uh, as we come back tonight, that we there are some things that we left off from our last episode and, and uh, we hoping that everyone will uh, uh, continue to uh, listen to us uh, in relationship to some of those issues that we were talking about. What we were talking about is what's gonna happen now, now that we have a democratic president and we have a democratic Senate and a democratic um, House of Representatives. So we have all three houses and there's gonna be some things that can get done. And so we're looking forward to that to happen and uh, uh, let's hope that we can we can get some things underway uh, with the changes. Um, we've had our senators sworn in today, uh, uh, and that's a great thing. And we hoping that uh, we hope that they can get started right away and making some changes and what's going on with the nation. Also, we want to. Um, inform everyone that our, tonight's topic for this episode is now that Democrats, we now have our man, now what? That is the topic for tonight's episode. We hope that everybody who's listening in tonight will will join in and answer the question. Uh, we have our man now and we're expecting some great things from him and uh, I'm hoping that we can uh, continue to uh, move forward as as the nation of promise that has been laid out for us by Joe Biden, President of the United States. Um, and uh, I think that's great that we're going to have that and it's going to be a good thing for us to be ready for. Um, we also want to let everyone know that we continue to um, deal with some issues that we need to deal with, and that is what happened on January 6th at the Capitol with the insurrection. There's a lot going on with that. We also know that law enforcement is involved in rounding up all these folks and rounding up everybody, and that's been going on for quite a while now. We're into the, what, uh, this will make two weeks since that happened, or well, one week, one week removed 
from that situation. So we we are we'll find out what's going to happen next um, as we move forward with it. I think I think it's we will have some sort of idea uh, about what's going to take place with that. I I'm pretty sure uh, there's going to be tons and tons of repercussions for what happened. Um, also, we want to uh, get you to understand the repercussions go for for those that participated, and I'm pretty sure they're going there's going to be repercussions for people who who gave who gave information inside information to the rioters about what happened at the Capitol as well. I'm pretty sure that's going to be the next thing that's going to happen in this situation. Uh, now, one thing that I will say uh, as we uh, get start continue on with the show, we want everyone to know. We want everyone to know that uh, that situation that happened at the Capitol was um, put on by the president, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows uh, that was the case. Um, I'm pretty sure most people already know that. Uh, president had an opportunity to fix that and he chose not to um he made a statement saying these you know he loves everybody and everyone go home and all that good stuff but we knew that it had gotten out of hand by then so that's why things are the way they are uh in this situation um uh, one thing i will say uh is that now we have turned the page but that doesn't mean we those who perpetrated this action, they still need to have justice seek them out. And that's underway as we speak. Let's talk about um, the COVID-19, everyone. And we want to share with you the numbers. As we all, when we come to you, we want to bring you the numbers. The cases in the United States as of yesterday, 172,172. Uh, globally, we have 594,995 total cases, 93,558,000. That is the numbers globally and in the U.S. It says President Joe Biden is sworn in uh, at the inauguration with COVID-19 protocols in place include smaller audiences, fewer events, and virtual celebrations. Yes, there are going to be tons of those tonight. Also, um, Pfizer, the Pfizer vaccine is, effect, is effective against the new variant uh, in, initially detected in the UK and from early, from early studies, they're saying. Also, Germany extends the national lockdown until mid-February and introduces a new restriction, including mandatory medical mask on public um, transport and in shops as COVID-19 deaths continue to rise in Germany. These are our COVID, um, this, is, this comes from the COVID-19 Information Center on Facebook. Everyone, you can find this information there. Um, let's jump into a few headlines. Uh, some of the headlines tonight, President Joe Biden promises to end the civil war in a time of deep national crisis. Absolutely, Mr. President, absolutely. 
Joe Biden took his oath of office Wednesday on the steps of the U.S. Capitol, well aware he has become the 46th president of the United States in a time of deep crisis. But he promises a return to something approaching normalcy in a speech that implicitly rejected his predecessor's worst decisions and impulses. America has been tested anew, and America has risen to the challenge, Biden said in his address. A speech about uniting the nation after four years of Donald Trump governance. Today we celebrated triumph, not not of a candidate, but of but of cause, the cause of democracy. The speech echoed much of Biden's rhetoric from his campaign and the presidential transition. It was replete uh, with promise to tackle the environmental, economic, and social and health crisis rattling the United States and to do his best to unite the nation and cool the country's political temperature. Unity is the path forward from an era of exhausting outrage, Biden said. Um, also, as we move forward here, David, devastated Quinnon believers grapple with President Joe Biden's inauguration. Yeah, those folks are really trying to figure out what, what to do next. Absolutely. Uh, one thing, one thing I will say, um, they have an internal battle that's going to keep going on and on and on and on. Finally, a woman is in the White House. Kamala Harris was sworn in as the first woman vice president with girls around the country watching. Absolutely, they were. Absolutely. Uh, these are some of our headlines tonight, everyone, from um, our uh, internal news feed. Uh, we want to also share with you and these are some additional top stories that we're going to bring um, to you as well. Uh, the president celebrated his son, Bo Biden, today as well. Uh, Biden gave a goodbye speech to Delaware on Tuesday, during which he quoted James Joyce, who said, when I die, Dublin will be written on my heart. Joe Biden paused and, and got choked up as tears welled down his eyes. Well, well, excuse the emotion, he told the crowd. But when I die, Delaware will be, will be written on my heart. After in mentioning his late son, Bo, he said, I only have one regret that he's not here, adding, we should be inter introducing him as president. Amazing, amazing. Uh, as some of our additional headlines, the, the former president, Donald Trump, uh, Trump granted clemency to 143 people, including former age party loyalists and a rapper early today. The list includes former chief strategist Steve Bannon, who is facing possible conviction for his role uh, in a coordinated scheme to fleece the president's supporters with a border wall fundraiser. It did not include any members of the Trump family or Rudy Giuliani, uh, Julia, Julian Assange, or Ed, Edward Snowden. Uh, also, 
Pence and McConnell to skip uh, Trump's departure. And it was good to see Vice President Pence at this inauguration, folks. That was a great thing to see him there. The country's top uh, Republicans were reportedly to skip Trump's departure ceremony in Maryland. Pence will attend Biden's inauguration ceremony, which he did. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell did as well, who finally admitted Tuesday that the Capitol noters were provoked by Trump, apparently accepted Biden's invitation to attend the mass. Uh, also, Iran, America's moving nuclear dispute. Iranian President Hassan Rafani urged the incoming U.S. administration to return to a 2015 nuclear agreement and lift sanctions on Tehran while welcoming the end of the tyrant Trump's era. Biden has said the United States will rejoin the pact, which includes restrictions on Iran's nuclear work if Tehran resumes strict compliance. And this came from Reuters, everyone. Also, uh, Trump's con Trump is considering forming his own party. Uh, yes, the former president said he wants to uh, start his own party. Trump is reportedly considering the launch of his own political party after leaving office. It is not clear how serious he is about um, competing with the GOP under his own banner, but that's but that he's already picked out a name, the Patriot Party. Um, we're here as we continue on with some of our top stories. Uh, hey, these were our top stories tonight. And as we continue on with the show, everyone, we want to also um, bring emphasis to everyone and let them know that we are here for the show, and that uh, we hope that you guys are doing okay wherever you are across America and across the world, and we appreciate everyone being uh, here, to, everyone listening tonight to this episode. We have the team members here tonight, Michael and Victor, glad to have you guys on tonight. How you doing, Murray? I'm glad to be here. Wonderful. Glad me? to have you, Victor. I can hear you real good. Yes. Um, it is excited, exciting to be here. The first thing I want to do is give my congressman, the 6th congressman, the uh, congressman of the 5th District of South Carolina, James Clyburn, a shout-out. The man that saved um, President Biden's campaign. If you remember, before he got to South Carolina, Biden was struggling. He lost three primaries in a row, and they was wondering if he was going to make it. But um, my congressman, a man I know for many years personally, um, he made a plea, and he showed his support for Joe Biden. And from that point on, Everything was um, looking up for Biden to where he won the nomination. Then he won the election. And today he's president, George Robinette Biden Jr. You know something, you can't do nothing but be happy with this situation. I mean, uh, it, it took some work to get Joe to this point, Victor. And uh, hats off to Congress, 
Congressman Clyburn for putting those efforts out there and convincing the people to get behind Joe. And now look what happened. We have Joe as the president. We've kind of turned the page. We ain't kind of turned the page. We turned the page. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I think I think we're we're the better for it, guys. I really do. I think we're the better we're the better for it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next. Um, uh, our former president signed, did a bunch of pardons before he left office. And there was a lot of distinct names in there that he, that he signed off on that we cried about all of last year. And we knew that Donald was doing some underhanded stuff. And so he decided to pardon those folks. And one name came to mind right away was Steve Bannon. His name came up instantly in those pardons. And it was just something to just something to witness him uh, trying to make one final grandstand before he flew off to Florida this afternoon. And what a sight to see Air Force One flying him away from Washington after four years. Michael, what's your thoughts? President Joseph Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Sounds like a breath of fresh air that we as a people can finally exhale. Oh, what a great day it was. I was at work. I was at work, so I couldn't see the inauguration, but I did record it at home, and I heard bits and pieces of it on the news. The guy gave props to my local news um, coverages. I mean, it's, it's as if um, they definitely were in support of Biden, especially after being targeted um, by Trump for so many years. Everybody shares some kind of emotion that is pretty much is on the same page. Finally, relieving ourselves from tyranny and going back to democracy, finally turning away or trying to stop this domestic terrorism and trying to restore some kind of peace, some real law and order, some equal justice, equal accountability, and equal protection. And the path to that is by always relying on truth, relying on facts, not alternative facts, because alternative facts, as Kellyanne Conway likes to call it, who was a big Trump loyalist, was the actual fake news, as Trump likes to coin that. So this nation now is starting off on a clean slate. And yes, we have every reason to rejoice, to celebrate. I even purchased a couple of bottles of champagne, one of which I already popped and enjoying as we speak um, this evening, gentlemen, and raising a glass up, a toast to new President Joseph Biden and to new Vice President Kamala Harris. History was indeed in the making. At the same time, at the same time, and you touched base on this, Murray, about the unresolved issues that are still carrying forth to this day, especially the stunts Trump pulled upon leaving office and 
um, please remind me to mention another notable name. And again, it goes to the pattern of loyalty to the guy. And pretty much that's his criteria to who gets a pardon. Um, there's no doubt that there's an investigation that's going on into the Capitol siege two weeks ago. All right? We're hearing more about um, those that are responsible for what is deemed an inside job, an inside job that has jeopardized the, the many, I should say, the, the entire um, congressional member body, the Senate, House of Representatives, Democrats and Republicans, every one of them face grave danger because of the insurrectionist rioting mob of Trump cult members in which Trump put together and incited. This is why he's facing a second impeachment trial in which even though he is now former president, this trial will, not, will still go on, especially with a new Congress, which Democrats had the majority. Your new majority, Senate majority leader is Chuck Schumer, my senator from New York, and Mitch McConnell is now the minority leader, who ironically um, pointed out that Trump caused this insurrection. He's speaking out against Trump as if he has had it up to here with him. And he is probably a few other Republicans that are blaming Trump, saying that he cost them everything. A chance at the White House cost them the House majority back in 2018, and now this year cost them the Senate majority. That this was clearly a referendum against Trump and every single Republican responsible for not holding him accountable when they should have. And having absolutely, said that, absolutely. Having said that, a concern that comes across my mind is that there are still Republicans inside Congress that um, are still being investigated for this um, capital siege, but who are still not giving recognition to the new president and the new vice president. I do not, and I'm stating this in a stern fashion, I do not want them to even think of trying to sabotage President Biden's um, presidency, nor Kamala Harris's vice presidency, but do not sabotage Biden's presidency the way you guys have sabotaged Barack Obama's presidency. And we all know what I'm talking about. And I know Biden is no stranger to this. He will not put up with it. As Barack himself said, you don't mess with Joe. I wouldn't even be surprised if Martha and the Vandellas or anybody that follows them decides to take one of their classic Motown hits. It says, don't mess with Jim, but they'll change it to don't mess with Joe. <laughs> you know something? Uh, one thing one thing I will say in the midst of everything that you've been saying, Michael, you kind of you kind of gave given me a a a peek into what what the future may be, and I think we're gonna have a little bit more cooperation from the other side this time around because now that we have majority control of the government, there's gonna be less crying out 
yeah, you're still going to have your Ted Cruz's and 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 such. You're still going to have um, the Doc other Holly. GOP. Yeah, yeah, Victor. You're still going to have those folks who's gonna who's still going to try to throw shade at what's going on with the Democrats. Okay, tonight's topic, guys, is what? Now that we have our man, what are we going to do now? Okay. Well, okay. Any thoughts on since we have our man, what are we gonna do? Go, Victor. Okay, the first thing where um I seen earlier where Joe's um President Biden was at his desk signing the executive orders, getting us back in the Paris Climate Accord, um, for immigration reform. Um, for a mandate on masking on federal property. Um, and the list goes on. I think right at the top of my head, I heard 17 and many more. The first 100 days, getting anywhere between 50 to 100 million people vaccinated. And um, just bringing some common sense back to our politics where he said that he's the president for all Americans, even if you didn't vote for him, even if you are against him. He still is the president for them as well. He represents all people. He want to bring an end to this um, civil unrest that we have amongst our parties. And let's look at um, President Biden. President Biden first was elected to the Senate in 1972. A young man elected to the Senate. Uh, shortly after his election, he lost his wife and daughter, his first wife and daughter, in a tragic accident. His boys, Hunter and Bo, was injured in that accident. Joe Biden considered leaving the Senate to take care of his boys. But guess who was the ally to help him to make sure he had the help he needed and had the help to stay in the Senate? was the president at the time, Richard M. Nixon, Republican president. We know him for um, resigning, being the only president to resign because of the Watergate scandal. But still, he gave a helping hand to this young Democratic senator from Delaware, Joe Biden. So Joe Biden's career um, progressed. He He first ran for president in 88. Uh, wasn't successful, ran in 2008. That's when Barack Obama um, chose him for the vice president. And now, in 2020, where he won the election. So I'm excited because we have a president that knows how to work on the other side. He knows how to reach to the other side. He have had conversations with Mitch McConnell. Uh, he and John McCain were close friends. Um, he, even Lindsey Graham, of all people, said that Joseph Biden was a decent man. Um, mm-hmm. Mike Pence went to the inauguration because he and Joseph Biden connected. That's why he still went to the inauguration, even though his president did not go. But he said, I'm going to go because we need to support our president. He put country over party, and I commend Mike Pence for that. So I now. Do, I do as well, Victor. I think it was a big deal having him there. Yes. I still believe that Mike Pence has political aspirations to be a president himself. 
So I ain't surprised by the move. And I know there's others who not who aren't who aren't surprised by the move either. I know you guys are thinking the same way. I'm thinking is it is it was this a was this a, a prelude to the future? We'll see. We'll see. But uh, it, it was it was good seeing him there, and I uh-huh. think that gave it gave closure to all the chaos that ensued with Donald Trump over these four years by mm-hmm. having him right. there at the inauguration. Somebody in that administration had to be the adult, the grown up, and Mike Pence chose to do it. And even if he does have a political yep. aspiration. But what we are going to see in the coming months is Republican turning against Trump like crazy. Um, just like you said, you're going to have your Ted Cruz. You're going to have your um, Josh Harley. You're going to have your um, Representative Alice Georgia. I can't remember her name, but the QAnon woman. That's what I call her. That they're going to try to throw shade because this QAnon uh, representative from Georgia, tomorrow she's supposed to um, submit articles of impeachment for President Biden. Imagine that. So you're going to have and some, um, and, 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 and you're going to have some that's going to just deal at crazy. But on the most part, because the Republicans do not want their party to get towed up, especially due to the fact, Murray, that you um, mentioned that Trump is trying to start a patriot party. Republicans want to save their party. This is why it's no surprise that Mitch McConnell came out and said what he said. And you're going to get many more to come out against Trump because his popularity is going to dwindle. Um, he can't do Twitter anymore. He can't do social media. And now that he's out of the White House, he, he's not going to be seen or heard from as much. So his popularity will dwindle. And as his popularity dwindle, Republicans are going to turn more and more against them. And in this impeachment, you may get those 17 votes from the Republicans in the Senate side. I would not be surprised if it happens. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either because I, I was I listening I was listening earlier today um, to a podcast. And, guys, I hope everybody – and, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm promoting somebody else's podcast on this one. If you hadn't heard the um, the War Room with James Carville, and and uh, I can't think of his co-host name right at the moment, but they these guys are are lockstep with what's going on on the ground with with this situation, and so they were kind of they were kind of speaking on it like we've been speaking on it in reference to what what took place after the insurrection incident and how Trump was trying to maneuver this thing where he could maneuver all of that support from the, from the Republican Party to a party that he chooses to be, that he's going to set up himself. Now, uh, Murray, uh, the, co-host, the co-host name is Al Hunt, Hunt. James Carville Al Hunt. and Al Hunt. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you so much. Um, okay. uh, these guys are really, these guys are really lockstep with what's going on. Um, folks, if you haven't heard the, um, politics war room check out uh james carville and al hunt the, these guys are real good uh, they have some great guests on their show and um i was just listening um driving into work this morning and the main thing they're talking about is what's going to happen now with racial ra- racial reconciliation is we going to have that aha moment where the where that we can do away with 
the status quo when it comes to race in in America? Um, it was a great question posed by them, but I still believe we have a ways to go yet. There's still some people out there who can't stand brown right now, no matter if it's brown here or, or it's brown overseas. And so we have a ways to go and I hope that um, we can continue you know, so, to toward unify, unifying. Go ahead. You know what's so ironic about that, Murray, um, before I go to answer your initial question? Those very same people who say they can't stand brown this and brown that and people of color are usually the ones that are heading to the beaches on a nice hot summer day getting themselves a tan. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. You know what I mean? We live, in, we, well, live in a state where, we live in a state where folks do a lot of sunbathing in the summertime. Ain't that right, Victor? Absolutely, Michael. Most folks, most that's, folks, that's right. Sun, uh, all the time, folks sunbathe here all the time. That's right. Oh, yeah. On the coast and of then, Tarleton, and, um, Motor Beach, and we, and we see the end results at the end of the day, end of the week. They're going five days a week because you know you want to enjoy the weather, but you see what it's doing to yourselves, and you're turning darker. So you look at yourselves in the mirror, and then before you know it. You got some people that have come close to as dark as us, you know, and we're natural. So, you know, people don't want to go about with this prejudice crap. You better stop and think and look at yourselves in the mirror and think back what you guys do with all that sunbathing and um, having um, hot fun in the summertime. Sorry, um, sorry, the family stone. But everybody knows what I'm talking about here. You're enjoying yourselves, cool. But it, nobody is um, blasting you for your complexion. Why are you going to turn around and um, persecute us? You know, let's Absolutely. all get along. This is what unity. This is what President Biden's talking about: unity and about race relations. And now it's just something simple. We can have a whole discussion on this on how people treat one another and the end um, results are when people commit injustices towards one another and then when there is a double standard or two different sets of rules. This stuff hurts. And Biden said before, words matter. Now, shall I Absolutely. answer your earlier question, um, Go ahead, Michael. Can you, Go ahead, Michael. Can you, can you just... For the sake of it, can you repeat the question? Question is, now that we Democrats, we now have our man, now what? Now what? Glad you said that. Um, Victor already outlined of some of Biden's um, goals and agenda. And as we speak now, Biden has President Biden has signed off some 15 executive orders to start with, a lot of which undoing the injustices and inhumane acts and policies set forth by his predecessor, whom we can now call former President Trump. I'm going to stress the word former like I never stressed it before. But this is just the beginning. And he's going to come across more in, um, injustices 
in which he is really striving for that word of equality. And even though he does not want Trump or the um, the issue of Trump clouding his presidency, in some way um, it's going to be stuck with him because he's doing the right thing to undo the damage. My governor, um, Andrew Cuomo, he has said wisely just um, 24 hours ago that even though Trump may be gone, the damage still remains. And how true, how true is that, not just for New York State, but for many other locations throughout this nation. It's going to take a while for Biden to get this um, nation turned around and back on the right track as he repeated the words of the man whom he was vice president to, former President Barack Obama. Things are going to get worse before they get better. And sure enough, back in the days of Obama, we did not have this pandemic, nor did we have the um, the epidemic of out-of-control right-wing freaks that are Trump cult that engage in increasingly number of, I should say, an increasingly degree of violence where we saw the unexpected, the most shocking, the inevitable of how the U.S. Capitol was under siege and attacked and thus the attack on democracy and, quite frankly, the attack on the American people symbolically. Yes, it's going to be a lot to um, um, overturn, but it also stresses to what the point I made earlier that considering the number of Republicans that took part in trying to overturn this election or even to deny the fact that Joe Biden legitimately won this election and to denounce and debunk the false claims of a rigged election. Um, There's going to be, as you said, Murray, some repercussions and consequences that they are going to have to face. And I'm keeping my, I for one am keeping my eyes and ears on all of those um, particular Republicans that have chosen not to vote for impeachment after they too were endangered by Trump. These are the same people who were gunning after Biden, after Harris, and anybody that was not in support of Donald Trump. And when you think about it, these are likely the same Republicans that will engage in some kind of sabotage to try to falsely claim that Biden and Harris are ineffective and think they're going to mislead the American people into voting Republican again and vote them back into power, vote them back into office or in charge. We, there's some people that fell for that already. And I think we've come too far to warn people of these kind of manipulative fabrications to, as Joe Madison say, you look and observe with a third eye. You listen with a third ear and think with a second mind and rationalize wisely as to what is true and what is not. And that's how you be careful. That's how you um, follow the teachings of Jesus Christ and the Gospels 
be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which in today's language, if you hear some of the people on SiriusXM, one person I would note, Michelangelo Signorelli, he says, don't drink their Kool-Aid. Doesn't make sense, folks. Absolutely, absolutely. You know something? Uh, what a great lead-in to 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 the an answer to the question, Victor. What are your feelings on What are your feelings on the question? We have our um, man. Now, what we're going to do? Yeah. Okay, now what, what? we're going to do is um, first and foremost bring this country back to some stability, bring our democracy back. Um, get rid of the tendency of an autocrat um, and and have some common sense. And um, then let's first, too, take some serious steps into doing something about the pandemic. And President Biden is on it. Let's take some serious steps about... Um, getting our economy back in order. President Biden is on it. Let's take some serious steps in immigration reform. Uh, one of the other executive orders is um, the Muslim ban that President Trump imposed because we cannot talk about Muslims being terrorists. I mean, we have domestic terrorists that caused this insurrection on the 6th of January. We cannot Amen. talk about the immigrants coming here being criminal and rapists, what have you, if you have people in this country who call themselves citizens, causing a disruption where they want to hang the vice president, kidnap the Speaker of the House, get whoever they can in Congress and, and do harm. Uh, the same type of people was in Michigan a couple of months back that wanted to get the governor, Gretchen Whitmer. They wanted to put her on trial and execute her. So we cannot talk about a Muslim ban. You mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Victor, you mean, how are people doing? Sorry, Victor, Victor ahead, you, mean Gretchen, you mean Gretchen Whitman, right? Whitman, exactly. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Thank Whitman, you. yeah. Yeah, Whitman. Thank you, Michael. Um, but... We got to get our house in order. It reminds me of this old gospel song, sweep around your own front door before you try to sweep around mine. So we need to get this country in order because, see, the way we are now, as a soldier, what I think about, and I may have mentioned this before, our enemy can come and attack us at our weakest point. Right now, we... We're at our weakest point. Still is because, as um, President Biden said, things should get worse before they get better. So we have to pitch in and do all that we can to help President Biden to get this country back in shape. Um, I was fortunate. In my workplace today, I had a TV. I got to see everything. I even got to listen to uh, Trump make his farewell address and fly off to Florida. I got to see everything. So during this course of the day, there was a guy who was obviously a Trump supporter, and he came in and he was just upset. He said Biden is going to be in jail. He said Biden is not going to um, make it in office. 
uh, he's too old. And I remind him, I said, now, do you remember the senator from our state of South Carolina, Strong Thurman? He was a senator at the age of 100. So when you talk about that, you have many people. Robert Byrd, the late Robert Byrd from Virginia. He was in his 90s, still a senator. Um, let me see. Chuck Grassley. Yep. He's from Iowa. He's yep. 87, 88. So um, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, 80 years old. And I can even look at my own parents in the mid-80s who are still vibrant and in good health. Yep. My dad drives and chop wood and cut grass and do everything. So we yep. need to stop this foolishness about the age. Absolutely. I think I think we got I think you guys have given us some great things about what's next but for for us. I think we're gonna have to go we're gonna have to go a little bit more longer with the Trump with the Trumpism stuff, but I think it's got it's starting to take a back seat. Can I um, add um a couple of things, uh, Murray? Yeah, uh, and one point I want to make before you do that is there's some things that's going to happen first. One, we're going to have that we're going to have that Senate hearing regarding the impeachment. I think the numbers are there for that for conviction. A lot of people saying we shouldn't want to convict. We should let this thing die and be done with it. My thing is no. We need to have it. We need to have accountability on the person who incited incited the insurrection in the first place and that would be donald trump so we need to make sure that he's held responsible for inciting the riot and costing five lives during the riot as well so that needs to happen next we need to make sure that we take care of our legislators because I don't know if this is a midterm year or next year is midterms. I think this year it's mid midterms. If it is, we need to make sure we're taking care of all our representatives during the midterm uh, midterm election. Next, next year, year. Yeah, next year twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. So we two we another year away from it, and we should be concerned with how we govern right now. And I think we, as Joe said today. He's the president for all. And so that gives us an opportunity, guys, to make sure we got this thing pieced together in the right perspective as we move forward into the rest of 2021. Let's hope that we don't have any chaotic moments as we move into the rest of the year. So when 2022 comes for midterms, we can be ready for whatever they throw at us. Okay. We'll see what happens. Michael, go ahead with your, with your, um, with your piece there that you wanted to talk about. Well, um, I'm glad, I'm glad Victor mentioned about some um, notable people that are in their 70s, in their 80s, right, and how vibrant they are. And as he said, people need to um, take a step back with this age um, issue. But then before some smart aleck turn around and say, well, those are very nice people, but they're not the president. Um, Here's a new flash. Even though how immature he is, Donald Trump is not that much younger 
than Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. So don't come off trying to claim that Donald Trump isn't that old. It's only like, if I'm not mistaken, a four to five year difference between the two. They're both in their 70s. So let's Donald knock off the nonsense uh, right there. Donald Trump's 74. He's, 73, he's 74 now. I knew it was 73 or 74. Yeah, Biden's 78. Now. And Biden just turned 78. So that's a four-year difference between the two. Let's get off that, as you say, um, Victor. And it should, be, it should not be um, an issue. And I'll be the first also to tell any of these Trump supporters that want to say Biden's too woke because now they're just grasping for straws. All right? Um, the other thing is that the people that Trump has pardoned, I know I mentioned about the GOPs in Congress that could be a suspicion of an inside job only because Nancy Pelosi had made an issue to investigate anybody that has, was seen or has reported has been taking part in aiding these insurrectionists. And believe me, if anybody in Congress uh, betrayed their oath of service and subjected to the entire congressional body into this state of grave danger, um, at the very least, I can assure you, they're going to be removed from Congress. I don't know how. I don't know what um, additional powers um, Nancy Pelosi may have that she can use. And now with the new um, Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, you know, he'll be very cooperative to weed out anybody that jeopardizes the congressional body and jeopardizes democracy and jeopardizes the safety and security of this nation. We are not tolerating it. And going back to what you were saying, Murray, that those are saying, now, oh, we shouldn't impeach the president. We shouldn't take any action against him. Uh, we should just let it go. Hogwash. Because he was impeached the first time you guys were saying that and did not heed to the advice of Michael Cohen and Adam Schiff, who collectively, in their own words, said, if you do not hold Trump accountable, he will get far worse and far more dangerous and placing this nation in grave danger. And sure enough, both of them were on target and spot on when we saw what happened at the U.S. Capitol. And Susan Collins is going to say after the first impeachment, I think he learned a lesson from all this. No. He doesn't want to learn any lessons. He always wants he always wants to be above everyone, defy anyone that tells him otherwise, including judge judiciary. So this time around, I think Mitch McConnell has set the pace, even though I still don't trust him much. He pretty much set the pace saying Trump was a thorn and all outsides and we were too blind to see and realize that we should have dealt with this long ago, and then now we've got to deal with it and to ensure he does not run for any public office ever again because he costs us bigly, if you want to use that term, bigly. Um, Let me add also, um, I think I mentioned the people that Trump pardoned. We're going to need to keep an eye on them too because – once again, it had to 
um, it came down to the loyalty thing. There's Steve Bannon, as you mentioned, some of these other white-collar criminals that have been pardoned that, that were deemed considerably dangerous. And we saw before Trump left office, Paul Manafort, Roger Stone, and Lord knows who else um, were the big names. But I got to bring one particular big name into the list of pardons that um, I learned about earlier today. The guy's name is Albert Pirro. Does the last name sound familiar? Let me explain. Let me tell you all. Your name, Pirro. Thank you. Thank you, Victor. That is the ex-husband of Janine Pirro, whom Miss Pirro divorced from because he was a threat and a thorn to her political aspirations. And let me explain further of the corruption. All right? Pirro, who's a longtime Republican, was, before she um, became somewhat famous in celebrity status nationwide, she was a district attorney of Westchester County of New York. When her husband was running buck wild throughout the county, terrorizing motorists, terrorizing people, and making passes and committing sexual assaults against females, even teenage girls, Miss Pirro tells the cops that um, her husband is untouchable, do not pursue him. So the criminality on the state level continued. She pretty much gave him a pass. It wasn't until Albert's head got so big he committed a federal offense, and that was the only time he was arrested, prosecuted, convicted, and held accountable for at a level in which uh, wife Janine, Westchester County District Attorney for New York State, could not even um, interfere or overturn. And so upon his conviction, that's when she decided to divorce him. But she was still conniving. I remember having um, a confrontation with her by telephone when she, um, when she brought herself on a local radio talk show. And it was a calling show. And she was trying to um, campaign to be Attorney General of New York and she went against the person who is now the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Naturally, Andrew Cuomo defeated her in a landslide. But I took, I put in my two cents when I called up that show, and I confronted her about that. And she's going to say, I don't know what I'm talking about because her husband was held accountable. Yeah, held accountable on the federal level. Otherwise, all the state crimes he was committing, you were giving him a free pass and told the cops, that he was untouchable. And I said that on the air. I don't know how many people were listening, but doggone it, I made sure the message and the truth got across. And if Michael S. Wilberkin of New York City is said to be largely responsible for Janine Pirro's um, defeat, then doggone it, I'll stand up and take a bow to it because truth and justice matters, as we all know. And let me alert one, one more thing. 
Let me alert everybody about another um, possible scandal of a Trump loyalist, and this person is here in New York. Upstate New York, Representative Elise Stefanik, big Trump loyalist, and she's been seen in the impeachment hearings and these other congressional investigations when she has um, been asking ridiculous questions and trying to paint um, a picture of Trump being so innocent. There's, um, there's unconfirmed reports that she is presenting herself as an attorney, but she's not licensed to practice law. That is serious stuff right there. So it goes back to what I was pointing out of these Republicans in Congress that don't want this impeachment. And, of course, in any impeachment hearing, there's an investigation and questioning um, various witnesses. And as we've seen in the first impeachment hearing where one of the Republicans was exposed for having a conflict of interest because they were involved in the same scandal that they that the Democrats impeached Trump for, and that was Devin Nunes. I wonder in this second impeachment trial and continual hearings, how many other Republicans are going to be compromised or found to be doing things they weren't supposed to be doing, committing crimes, white-collar crimes. We already spoke about Lindsey Graham, South Carolina senator, trying to overturn the Georgia um, the Georgia tallies that went in Biden's favor. What the devil are you doing contacting Georgia and trying to manipulate, even though he's a Republican, the Secretary of State? Can you imagine the list that can be drawn by day-to-day revelations as to what was done or what is being done at the, at the present time? Keep your eyes and ears open, ladies and gentlemen. You may be in for a bumpy ride, and before you know it, and this is just uh, this is just me giving warning. I can't call it warning, but giving sound advice. Don't be surprised if we wind up having a series of special elections because certain people wind up being removed from Congress and or facing prosecution or being prosecuted and convicted if they are found to have committed serious crimes. But they are running scared. That's for doggone sure. Because there's a, there's a code of ethics that they all have to follow. And not following that code of ethics would result in serious consequences. So serious they'd be lucky to just lose their congressional seats. Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely, Michael. Um, Murray. Go ahead, I Victor. found I found it interesting. Um, guess who's sentence was commuted today? The former Detroit mayor, uh, Kwame Kilpatrick. Saw that too. So, uh, w- why? From my understanding, it was on the urging of Diamond and Silk. You know, the two ladies who've been Trump supporters. Yeah. For however long. Mm. Yes. So they urged him to uh, commute the sentence of Kwame Kilpatrick. I found that interesting. Um, also, 
I just look at what, you know, I think about what Mike was saying because when you look at someone like Janine Hero, she had got on a view one time, and I was told after the show, um, Whoopi Goldberg pretty much cussed out, you know, backstage <laughs> because her rhetoric, she's the one that I believe um, she probably credited with the Trump derangement syndrome, meaning that we are after Trump because we don't like him. And what they don't realize is not that, you know, our personal feeling for Trump, but his performance as a president. Because um, the first time I think I heard of, of, of Trump's name was probably in the mid-'80s. Then I seen him in a couple of interviews, and I found him to be arrogant and self-centered then. So I knew that um, when he ran for president, especially the things he said, um, you know, when he, he, he talked about Barack Obama not being born in America. And when he talked about his issues when he was running for president, I knew he wasn't going to be a good president. Because of the fact I'm sorry. that everything was about him. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Just to um, just to help you, when you mentioned about Whoopi Goldberg, the, should we say the feuds between Whoopi Goldberg and Janine Pirro? I remember that episode that you are describing so eloquently. And the thing is that to get into specifics on um, the discussion, yes. Trump was the center of it, but at that um, particular show, it was the discussion between NFL players and Colin Kaepernick taking a knee during the anthem, exactly. which Carol wanted exactly. to, throw, to throw her spins in. At the same time, she, throwing her, she was throwing her spins about the Black Lives Matter protests. Now, with that being said, Michael, with this insurrection that happened on the 6th of January, they don't have anything to say about a Black Lives Matter protest. Because, see, what I remember Jim Jordan, G-Y-M, Jim, as Bill would say. Um, <laughs> and and, and, and um, they were saying, well, people could be out here protesting, but they can't go to church. Why can people protest but cannot attend their place of worship? And that was the um, mantle that they tried to use during this COVID period because they were so against the Black Lives Matter protest. But in a Black Lives Matter protest, did any of the Black Lives Matter people carry zip ties? Was they talking about hanging anybody? No, most of the protests were peaceful. Was there some looting and stealing? Um, fortunately, yes. But people were stealing products, what, you know, and I'm not justifying it, but at the same time, there was not that violent element. And then there really was some violent element. When did some violent element take place in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where the white guy killed a couple of white people and was able to walk past the police and go back home in Illinois? So they try to take us and criminalize us to cover up their criminality. 
And oh, I thank you for that, Michael, because of the fact that that's exactly right. Um, they were because you remember Colin Kaepernick when uh, Trump said in one of his speeches, um, if one of the SOBs NFL players take a knee, they should be fired. Yep. yep. But they never looked yep. at why Colin Kaepernick took a knee. And who um, encouraged Colin Kaepernick to take a knee because at first he was sitting down, but it was a soldier that said, well, you want to protest? You have your right. I would say take the knee. Take a knee. Yep. yep. And Lord so, knows we had that discussion it, it, several times. Yes, we yeah. have. We we had some heated discussions about what went down back then too. Um, one thing that one thing that's interesting listening to you guys tonight is how we still have those moments of reflection that are still resonating with us. And I think we got some work ahead of us because we want these issues addressed. And the only reason that we feel like those issues didn't get resolved is because we didn't have we didn't have the support like we have now. Now, if these things go to Congress, we're going to have the support, and we're going to have the backup. One thing about this whole situation with how Trump conducted himself toward the end of his presidency, I I truly believe. They knew what they were doing. They understood that the only way we could, the only way they could walk away from this situation, is for them to feel like they didn't lose something. Even though they did lose an election, they wanted to walk away from the situation, feeling like they gained. Now, one thing that I will say, since we have our man in office. We need to continue to support the things that he's going to do. I'm pretty sure we all have our wish list of what the president should be doing. I have my own wish list of things that I, I know he's going to do for us. And yes, folks, we do have a wish list about what we want our political officials to do for us when they have their turn in office. And I know the guys do too. I know Victor may have one and Michael may have one as well of what we want to see happen um, in these first first 100 days of the Biden administration. Man, I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm saying it. Um, uh, the other thing, too, that is key in everything is cooperation amongst the two branches. You need a House that's going to be cooperative, and you need a Senate that's going to be cooperative. And since we have both houses, I think cooperation is going to be key. Well, to everyone, I'm going to say something that may be out of the norm. We need a few of those Republicans to come along, too, because that gives validity and it gives it gives us a firm footing on what we want to get accomplished. If we don't have a few Republicans come along, then that's an issue. It's going to feel like it's being ram ramrodded right up the middle and everybody's going to feel some kind of way. So those are some things that we need to kind of be focusing on as we move move forward with these 100 days in the Biden administration. I think we're in for a great time. I think we're going to be good guys. I think we're going to get this pandemic under control. 
I'm hoping that we can get at least 400,000 people vaccinated between now and the summer. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Uh, that is Marie. the goal for, for the president. Go ahead, Michael. And we're going to we get ready to bring, any, bring anything, bring everything to a close. Go ahead, Michael. If it's of any comfort, we already have some Republicans joining boards for the sake of truth and justice. We had 10 Republicans that joined in with the Democrats to um, cooperate in in this article of impeachment. I don't know if there are further investigations that would be um, warranting additional articles. And if I'm not mistaken, a couple of other Republicans after the article of impeachment was passed, it was not yet brought to the Senate yet, and I can, I'm guessing for um, reasons understandably, um, there's some Republicans now that have joined boards in the House of Representatives. So 10, 12 Republicans in the House, that's a start right there. And perhaps it could be more. I don't know. In the Senate, you have now two Republicans that are um, supporting the impeachment and echoing in so many uh, words the need to convict and to keep Trump from ever running for office. Lisa Murkowski and Mitch McConnell. Maybe there's a couple of other senators. I am not sure. I cannot recall because we all know so much has gone on from the Capitol siege Leading up to this historic day, so much going on in just a two weeks' time. But mm-hmm. the fact that we have some Republicans, that is a start. And perhaps we, we may be able to rely on their help to talk to their brethren and talk some sense into them saying, look, we were almost killed because of Trump. He cost us everything but our lives. And last January 6th, our lives were next on that list. And thankfully, that was a list that was not completed. And we have to make sure of that. You know, like I said, we have our own wish list. And and one day, guys, I'm going to publish mine just because I think everybody should have their own about what we want to do when it comes to our government and how we should move as as a nation from here forward. I think we're gonna we in a right, I think we in a good space, guys, tonight. Tonight is a celebratory moment, Michael. You have the champagne and and everybody's having a great time. I feel good. I think I think in retrospect, the only thing we have now is hope and cooperation. Let's hope we continue to work together. Let's hope we can bring some of those folks who who didn't vote for Biden over to our side. Get them to we need to continue to unify the nation. And I think that's, it's going to take some work. It's going to take us who, who here on the podcast to encourage people to come out and support some of the agenda items by the president. It's going to take others to have the willingness to listen and the willingness to come over. Yeah, I'm saying it. Yes, I'm saying it, everyone. You all, this, is, this is your opportunity to, to lay down your arms and come over and let's all unify. The president is asking us to do that, and I'm, I'm all behind him when he says it, that we need to come together so we can heal this land. The only way we can heal is we come together 
and work toward healing healing and moving forward as a nation. Hey folks, this is the community call. We're on with Michael and Victor tonight. Thank, thank you for being a part of this great episode. This is our inaugural episode of the community call. We want to thank them for being a part of the show tonight. We also want to thank all the panel members who have been contributing their thoughts about things during the week here as well. Uh, what a great hump day Wednesday we having tonight. And if you hadn't heard my rant, my rant is on Facebook, guys. You can go to, you can check me out on Facebook. I have a rant up about uh, about how excited I am um, to fly my American flag again. Real excited about that. And it's still out there. Oh, Glory's out on the front porch tonight. And we are happy to have her out there. Guys, any last words before we go? Michael? Yes. Go ahead, Michael. No, you, you started, Victor. Go ahead. Okay. Yes, my last words. Um, I just want to say to Murray, Michaels, and, and, and others that are on this podcast and who participate, better keep doing what we're doing because what we're doing here helps strengthen us to go out in the community and do what we do. So we have to keep doing these things so that it can strengthen us so that when we go out in the community, we can lift up others. We can, you know, pull the state CA from Murray in South Carolina. And yes, hopefully one day turn South Carolina blue. Yes, right. You know, we can get Lester Graham out of there, get Tim Scott right. out of there. And the last mm-hmm. thing I want to say is, yes, this impeachment need to proceed because mm-hmm. of the fact that we do not want another president to feel that they can go in the White House and do what the heck they want to do. We have to show anybody that's in office, if you don't do the right thing, you're going to be held accountable and you're going to be dealt with. So, yes, this impeachment should proceed. Thank you, Victor. Michael, what's your last words as we go? As we look at this um, very historic day and us counting down to this inauguration, what I have termed in our Facebook group pages as a new beginning. Indeed, it is a new beginning. And it featured key words that we've heard in Biden's speeches as president-elect and even today in his inauguration speech, the themes of peace, of unity, hope, and of course, love, and how Mr. Biden puts his soul into healing this nation. Healing, hope, peace, love, unity. And when you think about that, um, What gives me hope is a particular person, a female, that was featured in the news um, less than a week ago. She said that not once but twice she did vote for Trump, but her eyes were opened when she saw what we all saw on that January 6th, the mob that Trump created and incited storming into the capital, U.S. capital, and having under siege, terrorizing 
endangering and hunting down the members of Congress, many of whom had the um, goal to kill them to, as a way of stopping them from certifying Biden as a winner and to keep Trump in office. All in all, acting on the monstrous lies that Trump had told him. Her eyes were open, and she regrets ever voting for Trump to begin with. And I gave him a stern and quite inspiring interview and message to anyone and everyone that was listening and watching that were in her shoes, and that she only voted for Trump the second time because she was afraid. She was afraid as to what others might think of her, might say to her, might do to her. But that day of infamy um, gave her an inspiration to take a stand against that, that that could not be tolerated. As Joe Biden said, as a nation, we are better than that. We all have to come together and do so in peace. We have to build this nation, not destroy it. It's built on democracy. It's built on hope. It's built on everyone coming together, learning to get along, working with one another. That's why we're called the United States of America. And for her to make that bold declaration and being somewhat um, reconcilable to the nation, that told me that there are others like her who saw the light, um, some people say a bit too late, but there are others such as ourselves that would say better late than never. Absolutely. And there are others, and there are others that are waking up to the very same fact before Election Day. They voted for Trump the first time, but saw how he was, and they said, nope, we got to vote for Biden. And they did vote for Biden. So there is hope in this nation, and we got to keep building up on that hope and collectively um, get others to realize the very truth, the very set of real facts, not fake stuff, not any kind of falsehoods that created this destruction, that created this division. Joe Biden, President Joe Biden himself said, one of the elements of unity is truth. And people got to understand the truth and live with the truth. Then and only then could we really begin to heal as a nation, to open our eyes, open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts. There's no doubt Joe Biden may be 78 years old, as some people may want to make an issue of, but at least he's got a lot of mind a lot of heart, a, a lot, lot more mind, a lot, a, a lot of wisdom, yes, but I was about to say a lot more brains, a lot more heart, and a lot more character than his mm-hmm. predecessor could ever hope to have. Let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. Next time you want to make a comparison between the two, what the state of this nation is and what our mission and goal is, in the next two or even four years for that matter, and hopefully eight years. There's a reason why Kamala Harris is vice president 
and she's going to be a very busy, be a very busy vice president, perhaps being in the Senate chamber um, more than ever imagined, because she'll be the um, the tie-breaking vote in the Senate. So it's like yep. she left the Senate, but never left the Senate. <laughs> well, it's the role that she just took on. And I'll tell you what, it's something to see. She's going to be the tie-breaking vote, and it's going to give it's going to give a lot of a lot of things done for us guys. And I'm just I'm just so appreciative to have you on tonight for this inaugural episode. I want to thank you guys for 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 giving giving your 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 thoughts and 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 heart to this because it makes it makes it easy for us to move forward now. And as Victor says, we can go out into in the community with that sword and shield and fight for the good of the community and bring the community in with us as we move forward in, in these first 100 days. We're going to have some great episodes coming up here while we're moving into the 100 days of what's going on. We'll see what happens. But I tell you what, I'm here, I'm feel good tonight. I'm excited. I have a great a great mindset of optimism as we move on, as we move on into the year as well. We'll see what happens for there. Hey, folks, again, this is the Community Call Podcast. You're on with Michael Victor and myself. We want to thank you for tuning in tonight. If you have a question, comment, or concern, you can email the show at communitycallpodcast at gmail.com. Intention Murray, attention Michael, attention Victor. We will answer your questions uh, uh, on if you send your questions into the show. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other podcast platforms right here uh, for the Community Call Podcast. Go ahead, Michael. You had something Uh-oh. you wanted to say. Yeah, but before we sign off, Murray, I think we should all know that on behalf of the Community Call Podcast, Victor Rogers, Murray Riley, and yourself, Michael S. Wilbekin, I think we should will be all in agreement and unifying and saying congratulations to the new president, Joseph Biden, and Vice President Kamala Harris. Should they hear this podcast, uh, we want you guys to know that we love you. We thank God that you are now um, the new administration in effect, and we look forward to um, the many things that you have outlined for this nation, and rest assured, we'll be voicing our ideas. We'll be voicing our support. And as you said, Mr. President, the key to this is unity. The key to this is understanding. The key to this is peace and love and working with one another. Congratulations once again, Mr. President and Madam Vice President. Thank you, Michael. Hey, folks. Congratulations. Absolutely, Victor. Congratulations. Hey, folks, whatever you do, stay together, stay in love, stay safe. Peace. New Year's resolutions come and go. So your business needs more than that. Get solutions with Comcast Business. With fast internet and advanced Wi-Fi, powerful cybersecurity solutions, 24-7 support, and more. You get everything you need to bounce forward. 
Get started with a reliable internet and voice solution from Comcast Business for $35 each a month for 24 months for two years when you buy both. Offer ends 2721. Restrictions apply. Limited to new Comcast Business 35 megabits per second internet and one voice mobility customers. Early termination fee applies. Enrollment and eco bill and auto pay required. Are you listening to the same old political talking points? Then check out the community call for a new perspective on politics. Left. Right. Center. We bring it together with an open and honest political discussion. Thanks for listening to the community call. Be sure to tune in next time for another rousing discussion.